Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning together as God's family. And if you're listening online, welcome to the room as well. Welcome to New Hope Community Church. People often talk about marriage as like a three-ring circus. There's the engagement ring, there's the wedding ring, and then there's the suffering Now, I wouldn't say that about my 33 years of marriage, although we have had our seasons of suffering. Why is that? Why aren't marriages just perfect after the perfect wedding and the perfect honeymoon and that? And I know some of you under your breath, you're like, well, that wasn't too perfect either, you know? (laughs) That's right, you know? But why isn't it? just perfect after we say, I do, right? Well, let me explain. Let me share with you the male brain. Here's the male brain, all right? We'll start uh, clockwise. Commitment molecule, very small right there. A whole portion, there's nothing at all. Ability to drive stick shift right here in the green. Dangerous adventurous right there. More nothing at all right here. Interruption lobe, pretty big. There, listening particle. You see that? Pretty small right there. Attention span, even smaller. Addiction, you know, remote control addiction center. Math stuff's right here. Gastrointestinal pride right there. Come on, guys, admit it. Lame excuses gland. You know, look at that whole blue area right there. You know, commitment, you know, and sex, right? Obviously, you know, that's so. So that's the, the male brain. Obviously, we got to look at the female brain right now. Here's the female social media skills, pretty high, Facebook, you know, that kind of verbal ability, need of excessive talking, big area, big, big, big. You know, uh, shoes right in here, uh, sex particle, pretty small there, need for commitment, pretty large, irrational thoughts right out front there. Argue and debate lobe, uh, pretty good size. Indecision right here. This has sense of direction, nuclei right there, pretty small right there. Chocolate center right there, an ice cream receptor. I mean, those could change uh, in size depending on the woman, I'm sure. And then shopping all the way through here is uh, shopping and that kind of stuff. And so what, uh, what does this mean to us, these two brains? What it means is we're different. (laughs) We're different. And when we're different, it creates suffering. It creates suffering. Let's look at the personalities of a man and a woman. Here's the personality of a man right there, and here's personality of a woman right there, right? And those can interchange. I get that, right? When I do premarital counseling, I have the couple do a full inventory on the 10 aspects or areas of a marriage relationship, and then I also give them a brief personality inventory, and in that inventory, what I'm looking at is to determine, and so either they're going to come out as a captain, they're going to come out as a social director, they're going to come out as a attendant, or they're gonna be the engineer, okay? And what we've found when we do personality inventories is that 80% of the time, 
the captain who, if you would study their strength finders, their first strength finder would be the person who is the activator. You know, hey, let's go. We got to get that done. Let's, we're going here and that. But 80% of the time, they end up marrying the attendant whose strength finder, their first one is harmony. Yeah, but we can go there, but everybody needs to feel like they want to go there. And everybody needs to be okay with going there because they want harmony and everything, right? And so captains always, 80% of the time, marry attendants. But then the social director, who is just like, you know, celebrate the times, come on! You know, marries the engineer, and the engineer's response is, well, honey, I'm not sure if we have money to do that. (laughs) Right? And so there's differences, and differences bring on suffering. That's just how it is. So the positive thing about opposites is that they are attracted to one another. But the negative thing is, they're not attracted very long. They realize, wow, we are different. And what attracted to them, the differences, eventually can become annoyances. That is why the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church of Ephesus, is challenging those in marriage relationships to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5.21. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. The English word submit comes from a Latin root, which means to let down, reduce, or to yield. The New Testament Greek word is hupotasso, means to put under or arrange under. Submission is a concept that seems to go against the grain, right, of our human nature. And yet we all in the room see the need for it. What would driving be like if we didn't submit to one another on the road? What would it be like to try to live with the necessary resources we need daily if we didn't submit to one another? Each one of us, as we do our work during the week, is submitting to others, providing for others, serving others' needs before our own. Without submission, things would quickly fall into chaos, if you think about it. Now, even though it is sometimes viewed as a weakness to submit, submission really is the strongest foundation of our society. And if you think about it, it is the strongest foundation of a good and growing marriage. So the Apostle Paul says, he challenges us, submit to one another in love out of reverence to Christ. So submission in the context of Christian marriage portrays this idea of putting someone else and their needs above ours. 
Paul again speaks to this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Listen to this. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So Paul here isn't saying that we should not take care of ourselves or pay attention to ourselves, but he's reminding us that, hey, don't take care of yourselves and pay attention to yourselves like 99% of the time, but divvy it out and make sure that you are also paying close attention to the interest of others, the interest of your spouse as we talk in the marriage context. So as a married couple, we are called to mutual voluntary submission. Mutual voluntary submission. No spouse is superior or inferior in any way. Did you get that? We are called to mutual voluntary submission. No spouse is superior or inferior in any way. We just serve back and forth. It's real similar to when you're playing ping pong, right? You're serving back and forth. And really, in ping pong, you want to get the serve so that you can continue to serve. And the idea is it's back and forth. It's mutual. No one's superior. No one is inferior. It's this natural rhythm within the marriage. We are called to serve one another as the need arises or even when the need doesn't arise. So if I'm in the laundry room looking for something else and I see a pile of laundry and I'm like, hey, I'm here, I might as well go ahead and throw some laundry you know, in the machine because I'm here. And hey, it's going to help out my wife Sherry later on and it'll be a blessing. But I don't do it just because it's going to just be a blessing to her, it's going to be a blessing to me. Paul goes on and he adds these few words at the end of this charge to us. Submit to one another out of what? Reverence to Christ. So what Paul is saying here is this, that when I serve my wife, it's like serving Christ. When we serve another, it's like serving Christ. It's like giving reverence unto God. And that is the bigger picture. With every area of our lives, we are called to bring glory to God. We are called to bring worship to him. 1 Corinthians 10.31, it makes it pretty clear and simple. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so when we serve our spouses, we are glorifying God. We are worshiping him. We are bringing joy to him. So here's a statement that's not my own. If our purpose on this earth is to do the will of God, then submitting to someone else becomes an act of trust in God. We naturally look out for our best interests, but if we trust God to take care of us, 
then we are free to take care of others. But here's the challenge. The challenge is trust, right? I mean, I'm more than happy to submit and to serve my wife as long as she does it first. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that what's in our head? Going to go first. Well, I'm not going to be the one. What if I get taken advantage of? Or we keep this list in our mind. Man, I've done five things today. They've only done three. And at times we bring those lists out. They're imaginary, but we bring them out and use them against one another. But in no way does Paul add that to what he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He doesn't say, and keep a list of what you've done so that you can compare or you can put yourself above. No. Here's the thing. God is calling us individually and then corporately in marriage to submit to one another. God didn't design marriage to be partner dominant, but to be partner interdependent. That's why in Genesis 2.24 it says, the two shall become one. That's the picture he gives us. Now listen, none of us in the room can do this. We can't do it on our own. But we can do it because God has placed his Holy Spirit in us so we can do it. Three verses prior to Ephesians 5.21, which talks about submit, talks about do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know it's pretty obvious if more couples would not get drunk on wine, but drunk on the Holy Spirit, this county would be transformed. And those in the room who don't even drink wine, if we would still get drunk more on the Holy Spirit, our marriages would be transformed as well. Because Paul, in chapter 1 of Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, says in 118, he says, the same power by the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is within us. So we have already been equipped with the power we need, the humility we need, to submit under our spouse and to serve them. So how do you know if you are submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ? Over lunch today, ask one another. Honey, am I submitting to you? Am I serving you as I need to serve you? And here's your chance be honest. No, not really. I mean, talk about it. Seriously, be honest. Ask each other and then accept the response. Because ultimately, when we submit to one another, 
We are submitting to God. So the application today is this. Is the reason that we are suffering in marriage is because we don't have enough submitting in marriage to one another. That's the truth today. The reason that we are suffering in marriage is that there's not enough submitting one to another in marriage. And men in the room, this is very important for you that you get this. And I challenge you to outserve your wives. Not in a way that you hold it over them, but in a way that you just can encourage them and build them up. Outserve your wives. So let's pay attention this week to submitting. God did not design us to simply get through marriage, but He designed us to grow throughout our marriage. You see, years ago, we stood at the altar and we said, I do. But yet, every day when we wake up and roll out of bed, it's an I do day. And today and tomorrow and from here on in, the I do is to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Design your words clear that it challenges us. Lord, you designed marriage and you want us to win. And so I just pray favor over each marriage here today, those who are looking to get married, those engaged, those longing for marriage. Amen.